All right, so this is my reimagined pedagogy framework on responses of um, youth and issues within educational spaces. So I'll be focusing more on education policy, education reform, and um, the fact that specific policies doesn't highlight LGBTQ plus IA, um, queer, and BIP BIPOC individuals in schools. Okay, to start off this conversation of, um, of policymaking, we must recognize that policymaking is, a, is what creates a change within public school, where um, many individuals don't really understand school policies or house bills that much, where it's basically just a structure that executes um, and conduct multiple state, con county, and district-wide regulations and bills based on the school. Where um, an article, an article called "Using Critical Policy and Critical Race Theory to Examine Texas School Disciplinary Policies," um, a long title, made by Sullivan, Lark, and Webb Hassan, it discusses how these policies should be quote. Um, supposed to be impartial towards the race, ethnicity, and gender of students, end quote. So in other words, the regulations of dress code, the regulation within classroom curriculum, behavioral, cultural, and social emotions, all these that are and aren't allowed in a class, in a school building, they are supposed to be genderless, classless, and colorblind, not impacting anybody due to their race, gender, or identity. But the thing is that the new policies are coming out, um, such as House Bill 1557, most popularly known as the Don't Say Gay Bill that was passed recently in Florida, as well as a couple of House Bills from Ohio, such as three, House Bill 322 and 327, they, as they discuss and disclose anti-critical race theory instruction in Ohio. These House Bills are created based on uh, based on attacking against these marginalized voices like i like i will cover these bills um in my next sections and you'll be hearing me rant about those many a times but basically they just, basically they just dismiss the their whole goal of being um colorblind and classless and genderless because these bills focus on dismissing a specific marginalized identity or conversation in the public um sphere of education in the classroom out of the classroom um within the instruction and discussions of it as this then creates a whole invisible line of othering where bipoc queer disabled identities are uh, disabled youth view themselves as other than because they are not being discussed or even being shared about in these in these um mainstream education this in like involves into separation and understand not understanding the fact that race gender class all these intersectional identities can impact and influence a person's um life and where some people have privilege to able to learn about their identity, their history, their culture in the school. There are other other groups that are not as privileged as they are to be able to and have to like 
listen or learn through family members if they're lucky enough or even through um online looking looking online in a third space to um find communities that would share about these stories. So I'll be discussing critical race theory first and um we'll be just delving into my reimagined pedagogies and how these connect to it and so on. So hope you enjoy. Starting out, starting off the conversation, I'll be discussing of critical race theory and the House Bill three hundred twenty two and three hundred twenty seven. How these bills in Ohio, as well as many other bills on many other states, it focuses on critical on banning critical race theory, as explained on an article by um, the site Equality Ohio. They explained how um, quote. Um, These bills state to ban the teaching of certain topics surrounding race, gender, and sex in Ohio schools, um, as both bills have similar language and goals to limit teachers' and school districts' ability to teach about America's complicated past in K-12 schools, end quote. So the reason of CRT is to challenge this constitutionalized traditionalist belief that Race does not, it's never, was never impacted in history and in law. And the fact that certain things are occurring is due to um, the person itself rather than the systematic practices that went against that person. As um, greatly explained on an article by Lawrence Parker called Critical Race Theory in Education and the Possibilities and Problems, this article says that, quote, Racism should not be viewed as an individualized prejudice that can be simply eradicated. Rather, it is an an endemic part of everyday life, deeply ingrained through historical conscious and ideological choices about race, which in turn have have directly shaped the U.S. legal system and the ways people think about the law, racial categories, and privileges, end quote. So in this formation that they are creating of this colorblind curriculum and instruction, they are basically hiding the fact that certain policies are created due to meritocracy and privilege and not due to... um, due to meritocracy so they're saying that it is placed due to meritocracy but not through privilege and the history of past um judgment within the BIPOC youth and community so the fact that these bills undisclosing these practices creates a large divide of achievement gaps and high higher educational opportunities it basically assumes that by not by vanishing the historical past of racism, slavery, and even um, mo- moving people off to their off out of their lands and into certain camps. This makes them think that these policies such as zero tolerance, tracking, criminal pipeline, all the reason why BIPOC and youth have high rates to be fallen into these categories is due to the BIPOC community themselves, not due to who is um, establishing and conducting these um, policies and regulations? Um, as another, as the article from Parker explained, expanded more, it says that quote 
The unique historical and cultural mission of these institutions, meaning um, queer theory, is it has played a critical role by providing support for a special population of students who have been undeserved by the public school, end quote. As this all connects into my uh, reimagined curriculum, it is my reimagined curriculum of critical thinking and um, providing diverse conversations. It really shows how America and history, they share the curriculum through a Eurocentric idea, say, assuming that um, knowing that all youth of all ages and backgrounds are coming together in a classroom, it they don't provide, they don't get back to these diverse identities and youth by providing them the information that they should know that are secretly hidden in the histories of their community. Um, as it's, it's really critical for educators to invite and produce multiple forums, these bills and policies stops these educators from even doing the bare minimum of discussing and critically vis looking into the systematic problems and issues held in um, America, his, American history, and um, what they assume is more not more important and not important in their curriculum, like understanding and inviting these critical practices of time period and individual impacts. And during this time, youth who identify within these hidden sides are able to see and understand their losses and their success as these youths of color, they never get to see themselves in these stories or these books. Critical race theory allows more challenge into questioning as to why this is occurring. What, um, what is the true narrative, if there is a true narrative, and is there ever really a villain and a hero or just a person who is able to, who's able to expand their side of the story much more efficiently and better than the person with who couldn't in other words the person who holds mo most privilege versus the person who doesn't hold enough privilege to share their backing so this all relates into my um my reimagined pedagogy of critical thinking especially cr critical thinking and um discussion of diverse identities and experiences so this way this is creating youth of um, that are able to understand different stems, able to interconnect different histories and different reasonings and systematic practices in the future. Rather than thinking of one source, they're able to understand that you must look at multiple more than one source to be able to radically understand and formulate their own idea of what is history and what is privilege and not privilege and other pieces of that. So in schools, there are hidden gender roles and expectations among the student and faculty, where queer invisibility is constructed by the form of what's acceptable and not acceptable through the form of actions, clothing, conversations. Um, so this creates a heteronormative practice where you are assumed to be heterosexual until you come out, as they say, um, and signify that you are not part of that um, identity and part of another identity. Um, so these practices, the practice of expecting that someone's um, heterosexual, that kind of limits the youth 
to be able to understand um, that kind of lips are used to be viewed as something different, something that is not um, a person that doesn't fit into neither of the categories that they are given, and they're like viewed invisibly as um, someone that's othered. Because in schools, you see so many times um, of them dividing people through gender, dividing, such as dividing people from like as boys or girls in different groups, or even by um, giving them beha- giving them different behavioral expectations, such as females are viewed to be more respectful and more tends to follow the rules while when guys if they don't follow the rules they don't get as much punishment because they're viewed as being childish in a way where they are just being dudes and they don't know any better as the popular terms are known so within queer theory it explains the uh, the best way to explain this by an article by Sidemen where called um queering sociology and it's called, it's a symposium of queer theory and sociology and a dialogue that he created where he discussed that queer th- quote queer theory articulates a related objection in the homosexual theory and politics organized on the grounds of homosexual subjects so this product produced the hetero-homo binary, a code that perpetuates the heterosexualization of society, end quote. So in other words, it's a theory that review and critically analyze as to what made things, made what made the dominant um, expectation to be heterosexual rather than homosexual and what powers and privileges do heterosexual identities have more than homosexual identities? Where one of the privilege at the moment, due to the policy that I just explained earlier, is that you're not allowed to say, not allowed to discuss um, homosexual LGBTQ plus issues, individuals, um, conversations in school, just because they are outside of that heterosexual norm. So this kind of creates like an invisible line of um, never being able to express your identity in a public facility, um, having to be expected to do something that is outside of um, what 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 you feel like you are internally. And this really fits into my pedagogy of my reimagined pedagogy of creating inclusion and critical thinking and conversations in school by allowing Um, individuals and these youth to express their identity and their feelings and what they're going through because not a lot of people understand about queer theory, queer youth due to this whole silent keeping it quiet on a down low conversations and laws being held. As for going to the next session of queer theory and queer inclusion, um, I discussed earlier about the Don't Say Gay bill that had been pot- passed in Florida, where now this is giving a high risk and influence on the other states who possibly do a similar bill as theirs. Um, this is really um, increasing in certain kind of states. Um, so like as these sections of the bill will receive the name Don't Say Gay is best explained in a New York Times article called Opponents um, Call It, quote, Don't Say Gay Bill, here is what here's what it says 
Um, in that article, it really explains the section, each section of the "Don't Say Gay" bill, and it it explains it explicitly um, explain how quote it prohibits not only instruction around gender identity and sexual orientation, but also class discussion of these topics, end quote. So what this title and goal is, is to basically constrain sexuality and gender instruction on all grade levels through banning of books, of um, curriculum that portrays inclusion of queer identities, and even um, just not including or discussing LGBTQ contributions or um, historical attributes that they have done in the past. So basically, this challenges queer theory's goal into becoming, uh, into um, connecting and discussing and um, involving he- um, queer identities and queer conversations to a group of youths that may not be able to see queer identity or coupling or um, relationships due to their families probably being heterosexual. So like they're basically hiding a certain identity from the public education classroom, allowing the dominant heteronormative practices to become a new norm set by this certain bill. And now to wrap all this up, because I know I'll go on forever of these two things, um, I'll be discussing just just wrapping up all that we learned, the importance of a, of understanding education policy, the especially the most importance of having diverse representation in policy making, and even just the conversation of what we could do in the future. So, as we have seen from our earlier policies, education policy really provides the ability for policymakers to limit and um, select what specific discussions can can and can not can a classroom hold and not hold what is um, limited and what is not limited as this impacts the ability of creating critical educators and citizens and the youth it's like without diverse representation in the policy make of uh, policymakers it makes the identities of a certain marginalized community be limited and dismissed in the conversations and changes, as well as like the normative assumptions of what should and shouldn't be added into policy. So in other words, we really need diversity in policy making and um, even discussions and multiple forms of reevaluation of what is being pushed in these bills. So the means of providing um, intersectional and critical conversations allow youth to challenge dominant thinking, thoughts, expectations, ideologies placed in society as they recognize the visible and invisible practices being held in society within race and gender. As I explained, youth can construct and articulate a skill of understanding and collecting multiple perspectives to create their own form of understanding. This way, they're not receiving just one side of a story or one part of a thing, but they could critically analyze what they have received, what they have researched, especially in social media, how much that influenced, how much they know at home 
and online in their third space and as well in their second space in schools. All these formulate what youth are, which is a popular, um, one of the popular things we learn about in critical youth studies is the fact that youth are influenced by what they taught and what they experienced. So if they don't have the opportunity to experience and be under and understand um, queer theory and critical race theory and all these different stories within these marginalized communities, they won't be able to expand to be self-citizens in the future and be able to conduct equitable conversations with other identities outside of their race or gender or other um, identity factors. So as much as I would love to um, and promote educators and faculty member to um, just just do these, pol- like just be diverse, be open in their classroom. Like, but the thing is that they can't unless they have supporters behind them. As these policymakers create a risk for educators and faculty members to lose their jobs if they are seen discussing or violating these policies the need of voters and people outside of education to like promote and come support um, against these committees, their local government community committees, and explain their thoughts and beliefs against these bills. As it really takes like one house bill to be passed through to literally change and establish what is acceptable and unacceptable and equitable in um, public school. I'm hoping that like this podcast help inform like you inform anybody who's listening, that it is really important for queer and critical race theory in classrooms, and these policies are are what's stopping this. As I'm only discussing um, race and gender, there are many other forms of identities and intersectionalities that need to be discussed. So I really do hope that this gives you kind of an outlook of activism in another way through voting and through um, sharing out of what you learn from here, or even researching this theory and other theories that I've dis- like, that I've mentioned before, um, and all this is just a way for me to expand into the conversation that education policy is literally dominant identity's way of um, demanding and regulating minoritized identities and their backgrounds, and we need to really change that to create a more open, American, diverse melting pot of uh, policy and representatives in the state. But yeah, this is my spiel at the moment. I'm going to stop right now because again, I will go forever about this. But um, thank you for listening.